Hey, friends. Today, I'm going to be doing something a little different on the show. I had something previously scheduled, but I didn't feel like it was the right thing to publish in this season. Remember, this podcast is all about making space to hear God's voice and to see Him moving and to respond to what He's doing. It's in our response to what He's doing that has the potential to change everything. Our response to God moving and speaking has a ripple effect. Because of our obedience, we will not only see change in our own lives, but we will see change in other people's lives as well. So I want to take a moment to share what he's put on my heart and how I feel called to respond to some of the craziness going on in our world. Episode number 14, a place where we talk about those defining moments within time that God carves out for radical growth, amazing transformation, and kingdom impact. In Hebrews 12, 26 through 27, it says, When God spoke from Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth, but now he makes another promise. Once again, I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens also. This means that all of creation will be shaken and removed so that only unshakable things will remain. I feel like we are definitely going through a season of being shaken, a Kairos moment. Everything that can be will be shaken. It begs the question, what is unshakable then? And what will remain after the shaking takes place? The very next verse tells us, since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable. Let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe. It's the kingdom of God that is unshakable. It is the only thing that is not shaken. Anything that is not firmly anchored to Jesus and the kingdom and his love will fall away. I picture this shaking like a miner panning for gold. He scoops up some water and silt and sand in his pan and he shakes it hoping that after the shaking, what's left is gold. And during this shaking season that we're in, it's his love demonstrated through us to others that will remain. It's his unshakable kingdom that will remain. Hebrews 13.1, the very next verse says, Keep on loving each other as brothers and sisters. We are to love each other as brothers and sisters. As it says in John thirteen thirty five, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. The second part of Hebrews thirteen three says, remember also those being mistreated as if you felt their pain in your own bodies. Another version says it this way, continue to remember those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. So friends, I want to leave you with these thoughts and what I feel we are to do with those who are suffering, especially now. Number one, we are to weep with those who weep. Romans twelve fifteen. It's called compassion and empathy. We are not to remove ourselves from what's going on. We are to enter into the conversations that are happening around us. We are entering into someone else's world, into their pain, to somehow bring the light and the love of Christ into their situation. 
Number two, we are to comfort those who are suffering through the power of the Holy Spirit. I believe that we are to keep in step with the Spirit, as it says in Galatians 5.25, in regard to our black brothers and sisters in Christ, we need to have sensitive ears and hearts, not bullied into a response, but prompted from from love out of a sincere and a pure heart. When the Holy Spirit says, do this, then that's what we should do. When he says, go here and say this, then that's what we say. When he is silent, then we are silent. This verse has helped me a lot in my relationships, whether it be with coworkers, um, people in the church, or even my marriage. 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says, You must each decide in your heart how much to give, and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. The context of this verse is pertaining to money, but the spirit of this verse is God loves a cheerful giver, not someone who is pressured to give. Love has to spring from the heart. It has to come from the inside out. It is not love if it's coerced and pressured from us. I refuse to participate in some of what I see happening on social media, and it grieves my heart. I've taken a break from social media for a few weeks now. I think I understand the heart behind some of it, but truly it will just become a checklist and a temporary fix unless what we're doing springs from that pure heart of love inspired by the Holy Spirit. Before doing anything, ask God what he wants you to do. We each have our parts to play in alleviating the suffering and unjust treatment of our fellow man. We build on the foundation of Jesus Christ with eternity in mind. The materials we use to build upon that foundation will be revealed through fire. If it's wood, hay, and stubble, it will be burned. If it's gold, silver, and precious stones, it will last. If God says to you to text that person, do it. If he says to give to this cause, then do it. If he says to tell that person about Jesus, then do it. Decide in your heart what you are able to do and do that. Then when the Spirit prompts your heart to do the next thing, do that, and so on. Number three, ask God to break your heart for what breaks his. Psalm 37, 4 says to delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. I believe this verse is saying that when you delight yourself in the Lord, he actually gives you his desires. His desires become our desires. What breaks his heart breaks ours. What makes him smile makes us smile. So I want to leave you with this one final thought. Something my husband and I feel called to do right now in this season is to walk with our children through this uncertainty and this time of watching people suffer at the hands of other people. We take seriously the verse Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 9, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give to you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. 
I believe that verse in um, our current culture would be talk about God's love and his principles and his commandments when you wake up and you're having breakfast, when you say goodbye to your kids in the morning as you take them to school, when you're driving back and forth from the store, when you're laying them down at night at, at bedtime, when you're watching a movie and something comes up that prompts a conversation. The family is the foundation of society. If we can teach our children to know the truth about racism and how it breaks God's heart, we can affect society for the better for generations to come. What is done from the Spirit will last. It will not be a temporary fix to make ourselves feel better. Let me say that again. What is done from the Spirit Only what is done from the Spirit will last. It will not be a temporary fix to make ourselves feel better. So I want to ask you, what are you called to do? I want to encourage you to do something. Ask him. It's on his heart. He is more than willing and able to tell you what he wants you to do. So friends, until next time, keep your ears and eyes open to how he wants you to be salt and light in the world. Don't feel pressured to do something. Get alone with the Lord and ask him what his heart is for you and for the people around you and the people who are suffering. And then do that. See you next time.